This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, of course, at freetalklive.com, where you will find that all the features are completely free. So uh, do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As usual, much to discuss. Of course, your calls are the primary element, should you decide to make them. We will start things out here tonight with some, what I consider to be, I guess, pretty good news about what the American people in the aggregate, in a polling sense, are thinking about the U.S. federal government. Because I am not a fan, <laughs> not a fan uh, of the, the federal government. I'm not a fan of uh, state or local governments either, but less so a fan of the federal government. And it's nice to know that I am not alone and that you, if you feel similarly, are also not alone. Because when you look around and you see the government getting bigger, it can be pretty, mm, well... Dis, uh, dissuasive. Discouraging. Discouraging, yes, that's a good word. And you might think that, well, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe uh, there aren't very many people like me. Maybe we're getting this big government because that's what people want. Maybe it's inevitable. Maybe there's nothing you can do about it. It sure can feel that way. Uh, and indeed, optimism uh, in the country's system of government has dropped to a new low, according to ABC News, when measured against polls going back 36 years. And the public's belief that America is the greatest nation on earth, while still high, has fallen significantly from a level uh, a generation ago. The results from the latest ABC News Yahoo News poll coming before the week's midterm elections suggest that public disenchantment extends beyond its economic and political roots to broader questions about the country's governance and American exceptionalism. The bottom hasn't fallen out of national pride, however. 75% call the, the United States the greatest country in the world. But that's down from 88% when the same question was asked back in 1984. You know, uh, um, regardless of that, I don't think that really has anything to do with the, uh, the bearing of the question. I might very well answer that way, too. Um, I, 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 you know, I mean, I, 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 just because... The system's irrevocably broken. It doesn't mean that most of the other systems out there aren't Aren't really, really screwed up. Um, I mean, you know, this is, I think, the very best analogy for the cancer analogy. It's really like saying, oh, yeah, well, we've only got, uh, you know, melanoma of the skin or whatever. I I don't know what they're all called. Uh, When you guys, you've got lymphatic cancer. Yeah, that's about right. Um, When you say the United States government is the best government in the world, the United States is the best nation in the world, and I think think those two statements mean something different to people. Uh, But when when you make a statement like that, you're really not, you don't have great comparisons out there. Sure. And of course, uh, Americans are also, and everybody, I think, is probably a statement for, for most people around the world. I mean, most people live where they live, right? They don't get around a whole lot. Sure, they're well, the they world can't. Travelers. These governments uh, that, are, that, that stink, by and large, yeah. the United States government stinks a little less than the rest of them. Uh, but, I mean, take a look at what it's like to, to be an immigrant. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently as a Mexican, you can't even come to the United States and shop. For real? That's what uh, that, that's what it's uh, been explained to me mm. as people from Mexico. They can't even come across the border to shop. Why? Crazy. Because they'll stay. 
Some of them will stay. Yeah. Um, some of them will go back home. But I, I, did, I didn't know that. And I may be wrong. Uh, if, if somebody knows different, please let me know. I'm sure that it goes you, the other way around. I'm sure you can, can come from England or Canada and do some shopping, though. But you can. Yeah. yeah. So really what you need as a Mexican citizen is a plane ticket to Canada. So, uh, yeah, you're right, Mark. I mean, yes, uh, Americans are going to consider their country the best in the world. But then again, how many Americans or anybody studies the, the relative freedom of other places? How many Americans are familiar with the Economic Freedom of the World Index, which is published on a yearly basis by two different uh, – two very similar reports are public, published yearly, one by the Heritage Foundation – uh, which is a, I guess, a conservative uh, think tank in Washington, D.C. And then the other one is the Free the World Foundation. And you'd think that the Heritage Foundation would have an interest in promulgating the idea that uh, America is the best. But year after year, they, they do not list uh, the United States as the most free economically, con- uh, the most economically free country in the world. And nor does the others, uh, or nor, nor does the other list, the Free the World Foundation. It's usually within the top 10, but sometimes it hasn't been. Sometimes it's been, I think, as low as 13, but I don't recall all the details. It's, they've been doing these reports Yeah, I think those are the numbers. But how many Americans are familiar with that? How many Americans have actually taken the time to investigate what other what things are like in other countries? Probably not very many. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about what life is like in in other places. I've well, seen the reports, I've seen the numbers and the statistics, uh, but I haven't dug deep. And I'm doing this for a living. You know, I do talk radio for a living, um, so I probably a little more, I guess tuned into the relative freedom elsewhere than the average American who's just going about their lives, working at their job, trying to get the bills paid. They don't have anything to compare to what their experience has been. Uh, You know, I I don't. For one, when you're talking about these uh, lists of economic freedoms, there's some things that one must, you know, some qualifying statements. Hong Kong is uh, the, the, the parent government of that is China. That's a little scary to me. I don't know much about what it's like to live in Hong Kong, but the fact that China is the the the, the state, the big state government there, that bothers me and that scares me a little bit. Singapore, which is number two generally, well that, that that's the kind of place where you can get uh, beaten with a stick for spitting gum on the sidewalk. Um, another one is yeah, but I think you can chew gum in public now. Well, yeah, yeah, they're moving in the direction of uh, civil liberties there. Um, Canada, uh, you you know, you're talking about a place where essentially, if you want to get good medical service, you have to leave the country and come to the United States. I'm not saying that there isn't some medical service there that's it's better to use the Canadian system for, you know, that's provided for uh, for you on the honestly on the backs of the United States uh, uh, drug users and things like that. But um, you have to leave the country in order to get good, good, uh, good medical treatment in some cases. So these countries that show up before the United States on this list and Canada did beat the United States on this list, I think, the last year. That's scary. You know, that, that those places aren't particularly free in the area of civil liberties. The United States, I feel like the civil liberties are decreasing in this, t- this country, though. Oh, of course. Well, and we don't really know how free some of those uh, those places are on civil liberties. There's different – I don't have the latest score, the latest rankings in front of me, but I think it's freetheworld.org. And again, the other one from the Heritage Foundation. You can dig into those if you like. But it was just kind of an offhanded question about, well, of course, Americans are going to think their country's the best. What else do they know? Yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, what about all those other people in all those other crappy little countries? Do they think their country's the best? That's a good question. Do the people in the Marshall Islands, do they think their country's the best? 
that's a great question. If you know the answer, 800-259-9231. They no. must, right? I mean, well, this yeah, is just sort of a natural thing to do. Nationalism and uh, indoctrinating people into this belief system. M- more like tribalism the plot to me. Of, the plot of land in which you were born is somehow uh, better. The people that live there are somehow better than the rest of the world. I find it uh, absolutely ludicrous, of course. But I would, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have that belief system at one point. It's indoctrinated into us, probably by the government school system. So back to the uh, the numbers here from ABC News. Uh, so about 23% take the alternative view, saying that America used to be the greatest country, but is not anymore. And that's up from 9% about 25 uh, years ago. Optimism about the system has taken an even bigger hit in this poll, produced for ABC News uh, by Langer Research Associates back in 1974, shortly after Richard Nixon's uh, resignation from the Watergate scandal. 55% of Americans were optimistic about our system of government and how well it works. Today, only 33% will say they are optimistic, the lowest number in nearly a dozen measurements taken across the decades. None, though, were taken in the early 1990s, the last time economic disgruntlement was as high as it is now. Uh, so t- so 33% saying that they are optimistic about the system of government and how well it works. One in three. There's, uh, According to the story, while optimism is down, pessimism about the workings of government hasn't risen. 20% are pessimistic about the average over 36 years of polls, and the number peaked much higher at 28% in 1996. Instead, the number saying they're uncertain about the U.S. system of government and how it's working, 46%. Has reached a new high, so yeah, it it looks as though things in general are going in the we're not so satisfied direction with the government here in uh, the so-called United States. And as far as I'm concerned, that's good news. The more dissatisfaction, the better. The more dissent, the better. Uh, the more likely people be open to the idea of secession. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. whatever you want if you dial in toll-free. The number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where you'll find that we've got a bunch of stuff. And one of the main features of the site is created uh, content created by listeners like you. You visit freetalklive.com. You submit something to the website. Other listeners vote on whether they like your submission. Maybe it'll be a news article or a, a YouTube video that you liked or a blog post you found interesting. You submit it to the site. Other listeners vote on it and the most voted up make it to the front page of the site, meaning more people see your submission and we might uh, see it and talk about it on the air. Go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. If you like Taron Lupo's pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah. It's an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. It's um, at its heart is this tale of prisoners, refugees, and society's casts off, all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life is like in the 1700s, and it's loaded with real obscure. 
historical events that time has nearly erased and buried. Uh, Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can check out what I believe are the first 15 chapters. It might have been 13. I just saw a new one was released today. Go to piratesofsavannahbook.com. It's piratesofsavannahbook.com. So there's some more numbers here that I thought were uh, relevant to uh, to give out. Just kind of a, a snapshot here from ABC News and Yahoo News. They did a poll relating to Americans and their beliefs about government. And what we've discovered so far is that the numbers are skewing a little bit downward uh, in the last 36 years. This is the lowest poll results that they have received regarding the question of uh, whether whether America is the the greatest nation on earth, for instance, uh, where eighty eight percent would have said in nineteen eighty four that it that it was, uh, now it is uh, lower than that. Now it's uh, let's see seventy five percent now. So that's a pretty significant drop. Uh, but that's not really the most relevant point of this. It's uh, the, the, the another relevant point is that uh, people are looking at the at the, the United States government and how it works. And they're saying that uh, they just don't think that the workings of government are are very good. Um, they, let's see, twenty percent are pessimistic, which, uh, excuse me, forty six percent saying they're uncertain about how the U.S. government works or about the U.S. system of government and how it works. Thirty six percent uncertain. That's right. Seventy four percent are saying that. Let's see. Uh, the poll asked pessimistic or uncertain Americans what the problem was. The system itself. Okay, this is the bad news uh, from our perspective. The okay. system, getting a little lost in the numbers here, I apologize. The system itself or the people running the government. What's the problem? If if you're okay. pessimistic about the uh, the government or uncertain, if you're in those two categories, what's wrong? Is it the people running the government or the government system itself? Well, I'm sure they answered the people. Yeah, and that's the you know, bad it's, news. It is, uh, you know, that is the the heart of the problem. And what I was hoping to see was that, um, you know, that America would see from two thousand to two thousand and six, the government was completely Republican control- controlled, and from two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten, it's been completely Democrat controlled. And I was hoping that they would see in this time frame, one decade's time, a total shift in the American government that it isn't really the people. As much, uh, you know, obviously it's not the party that you put in, in control, but it's more the problem with the system of government governance as it stands. That uh, Washington, D.C. is this big, ripe, juicy plum that sits out there where all the criminals are drawn to. The kind of person that would run for a uh, run and be able to win a Senate seat or a House of Representatives seat. That kind of person is the exact kind of person you do not want to be able to do it. The kind of person that is best qualified, that is able to... They're sociopaths. Yeah, well, is, is able to lie uh, right to your face without any kind of uh, compunction about it at all. That kind of person that's able to sell anyone, uh, you know, sell out anyone to get what they want. The kind of person that, you know, (laughs) somehow manages to duck and dodge, uh, you know, what it is that they do behind closed doors, because you know how the media loves to dick this stuff up. You know, these these people that that, that live their lives in such a bland uh, way that they're able to... uh, you know, uh, really obscure what it is that their sickness is, that kind of person is the one you absolutely don't want in. 
I think that that's education. I think people need to be educated that no matter who you put in there, that the system's going to corrupt them. We yeah. just read an article uh, last week that, in fact, uh, you know, shows how people that go into government are more easily corrupted and and how it changes people, how, how, gov- power. how government will corrupt anyone who goes into it. Right. So the power you take, changing people. Yeah, you take uh, you have two two things at work here. One, the government, uh, the, you know, the, the 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 power will corrupt anyone, and B, that the people that will go for that power are more corruptible. So of course you have the most corrupt people there. But it's unfortunate that seventy four percent or a three to one margin. So seventy four percent of Americans say that it's the people that are running the government that are the problem, not the system itself. It means that there's a lot more learning that needs to uh, to take place here. That uh, people have not yet come to the correct conclusions. They see the problems. That's what this this poll is showing. That over the years that they've been asking these questions, it's it's getting worse. Where people are saying now that uh, the, that this is not so. This country isn't as great as it used to be. There are problems. Uh, the government not so supported as it used to be, but they still believe that if they just change out the deck chairs of the Titanic, that somehow it will stop taking on water from you know hitting the iceberg. I mean, this this ship is sinking. The idea of government is decrepit. It's old. It's outdated. It's old tech. It's barbaric, it's violent, it's based in force, but Americans haven't come to the conclusion yet that, well, what we were told in government schools may not have been the truth. Th- so, th- this isn't the greatest system. It's not the best well, it system. It may be the greatest system, but you're you're measuring it on a, on a crappy yardstick. I mean the greatest system we could have, okay. the best system that we could have. Right, and, and, you know, and that's the problem with government is that it's a monopoly, and because it's a monopoly, you don't get to have options about what it is that you, uh, you know, innovation. Innovation doesn't come along. Imagine for a second... In, I think it was 1940s, uh, a man named Bosch, who worked for the Mercedes-Benz company, came up with the idea of a fuel injection system. Imagine instead of several competing automotive companies that you only had one automotive company that sold cars to people, and everybody had to buy a car. They didn't even have an option. You had to come up with the money, and you had to buy a car. You'd have the Flintstones car, where you'd have to like walk it. Places. He would never have the fuel injection system. This guy's this guy stuff would have he would have been derided as you hate automobiles. You hate them. You hate cars. What was the car from uh, Russia? The Volga. The Volga. Volga. Yeah, um, that's the uh, the the car the government built. Yeah. You yeah, have the, that. The crappiest automobile. Well, no, you wouldn't. Because, honestly, the Volga is based on a vehicle that, that you know, it's, it's at least modeled after a vehicle that was created more so in a free market. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have a car with hay-stuffed seats. You wouldn't have a car with manual, I mean, you know, this is what the Volga was. Manual steering. Manual brake. <laughs> hay, hay-stuffed seats. I mean, you know, I, I know the Volga. Volkswagen used to have its uh, windshield wiper run off of the air from the spare tire. What kind of Mickey Mouse jury rigging is this? <laughs> All right, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. So we got the FBI coming up. This is Free Talk Live. I was just listening to this here podcast. I heard over this station. I've been working. They talking about like freedom and stuff like that. And I was just listening to this thing. They were talking about this verbal surgery thing. Well, I went over there and I checked it out, and I, I tell you, the, the, the honest God-off truth, when I listened to that thing, I completely changed my accent. It was an astonishing thing that suddenly I became like an African again, and I wasn't knowing which direction I was in. 
because verbal surgery will take you there and back. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site for free. Enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, and, by the way, some of the features there include our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo uh, or video to show that they are indeed listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself there. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Perhaps, perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that's struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies in the vesting, vexing task of collections. SACL CAI, CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. So still uh, crunching through some uh, numbers here that uh, are somewhat, somewhat revealing about the American people's current snapshot of how it is they feel about the government. Uh, according to ABC News, 49% pessimistic or uncertain about the system and how it's working and mainly blame the people running the government for the problems. Those uh, 49%, uh, you know, they're just not paying close enough attention. It's they true, don't though. It, it, is, really... it is true, though, to some extent, Ian. Wouldn't you agree that a show like ours would be marginalized and unimportant in a world where, say, guys like Ron Paul and people, uh, you know, people who believed, and I'm just talking about in your world, right? People who believed that uh, the government should be small, unintrusive, only stick to the things that are laid out, uh, you know, very succinctly in the Constitution as government. Roles, wouldn't you? That agree? world doesn't exist. Agreed, it doesn't. But what <laughs> I'm pointing re- out to you, for real reasons, like you talked about a, a segment ago, wherein the power attracts the corrupted or the corruptible. I, so it's a fantasy world. I concur with you on that. However, at the heart of it all, government doesn't even exist. There is no government system. There are, there are only people. People, right? And the question is: Is the problem the system or the people? And the fact is, the problem is the people because the people will always corrupt whatever the system is. The system was meant to work in whatever fashion it was meant to work. I think the founding fathers had a better uh, – none of them imagined the government being as intrusive and dictatorial and authoritarian as it is today. Mm-hmm. Not even Alexander Hamilton. You pick your least favorite, most, uh, yeah. most uh, authoritarian founding father, and I don't think they imagined this for a second. Sure. I mean, yes, the, the government isn't it doesn't exist. There are buildings, there are vehicles and there are human beings, but there is no government. It's just an idea. Um, but the idea is an outgrowth of humans belief that it's OK to control their neighbors. Right. So the government is essentially a collective manifestation of what human beings believe about what is and what is not appropriate. It is OK to control your neighbor. And this is one of the, the you know, the rhetorical points that you fail on. It is OK to control your neighbor. You would agree if your neighbor does something to harm someone else, that it is OK to do uh, to extract uh, an amount of uh, uh, of, uh, you know, some okay, kind of thank you for the correction. I, I, don't, I didn't mean, uh, you know, dealing with a situation where somebody has already aggressed against somebody. I mean, attempting to control their behavior by aggressing against them, I by agree. telling them 
how they should live their how they must live their lives what they can and what they can't do and just arbitrarily putting it down on them without their agreement and consent well um i don't know that it's arbitrary um it's it's supposed to be uh, if you don't work for the government it's not arbitrary it should be that um you know those of us the the plebeians we all have to follow the rules in a relatively uh you know fair fashion obviously some people get caught some people don't but it's it's relatively fair now obviously if you're a politician or a police officer the the rules are uh, uh, you know they're, they're applied in a different fashion but you know that's not necessarily arbitrary it's just that the ideas of liberty are simple and they work for most people and it's a it's it's a it's a system that you can explain easily to people sure so what i was uh, talking about is the you know the government essentially being the manifestation of what people believe about how it's it's okay to use force to control their neighbors. That's what I should have added, that it's okay to use aggressive force to control their neighbors. If people on a wide scale didn't believe that at some level, I mean, they don't act like they believe it, right? On a day-to-day basis, they act very kind to their neighbors and they you know, get along mostly with their neighbors and they interact on a consensual basis with people in, in their business and in their neighborhood and their schools. And uh, it's just that, there's some sort of deep-seated belief that says it's okay to gang up with your uh, with your other neighbors that believe as you do and force your belief systems on other people, even if they themselves wouldn't want that to happen to them. If they believe that it, they're in the majority, then then they think it's okay to at that point then force their moral set or their values on uh, on their neighbors. And so, at some level, that belief system comes out out in the government that uh, that that we that we have today because at some level people do believe that it's it's acceptable because if they didn't believe it was acceptable then they wouldn't stand for it then they wouldn't make excuses for it then they wouldn't look at it and they'd say well it's only a problem with the people running the government it's not a problem with the government that the government would be the problem they would realize that using force against their peaceful neighbors which is what the government is it's a tool of force it's a tool of aggressive violence that they would reject that altogether and maybe if we can bring them to that conclusion by doing this show and other great liberty oriented uh, programs and and outreach uh, projects then maybe we will be able to show them the gun in the room and why it's not acceptable. That's really uh, the only the only that. solution. I mean, that's the only thing that can be done because these issues, um, although you can say something like one should never use aggressive force on one's neighbor and somebody will, yeah, well, 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 of course, that same person will uh, say, well, zoning laws are OK, or they'll say, well, drug laws are OK or whatever. So you you really can't just make the overarching statement. You have to apply it to at least enough circumstances for that person that are important that it all tumbles down for them. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. That is force. Right. They, they have to come to the conclusion that it is – a government is aggressive force and no amount of voting it takes that away. No amount of – uh, getting together with other people who believe you uh, legitimizes right. aggression. Uh, enough people, enough uh, a majority of people willing to go out and do the voting in a certain geographic area doesn't make something right. I would like to bring up, for example, slavery in the South um, up to the 1860s. Mm-hmm. Wasn't right then. A percentage of pe- uh, the large enough percentage of people believed that slavery slavery was the right thing to do. That blacks were subhuman or subwhite in some way, and that 
you know, it was necessary. If we don't have slaves, the cotton doesn't get picked. You know, that, that was the big argument. Look, our economy is based on slavery. Somehow, by the way, the South has managed to make it since then without uh, slavery, but well, at least uh, not that form, chattel slavery. 35% of Americans concede they don't know enough about their own selection of candidates to say how many of them, if any, share their view of what needs to be done to improve things in the country. 19% say there are a lot or a good amount of such candidates. The plurality, 46%, say there are few or none. That is, few or none candidates that share their views as to what needs to be done. So a lot of widespread dissatisfaction uh, with political candidates. And here's interesting statistics about the age ranges of the survey, uh, the people that are in the survey here and, and how the numbers broke down there. It's a significant factor in views of the country's greatness. 83% of adults age 50 and up call the United States the greatest country in the world. That number drops to 68% for those who are under the age of 50. It's 74% among people in their 40s, 69% among those in their 30s, and 61% among 18 to 29-year-olds. So a big, big shift there uh, between folks that are above 50, where 83% of them saying the U.S., the greatest country in the world, if you're 18 to 29, 61% saying that the U.S. is the greatest country in the world. So as people... Are um, the the younger the uh, the survey respondent, the more likely they were to say, "Yeah, this country not so great." Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah p- people, uh, young people are becoming less and less enamored, I guess. And it it makes sense because young people are more keyed into uh, information than the older folks are. They're more likely to be heavy users of the internet, more likely to come across alternative viewpoints, less likely to use the mainstream media for their news. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. If you dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's uh, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features on our site for free. If you like the show and want to help support the show, you can do that by going to amazon.freetalklive.com. Just get your shopping done there. Whatever it is you need to buy, you can likely find it. Uh, They've got dozens of categories, even used items, groceries, office supplies, you name it, man. They probably sell it, amazon.freetalklive.com, and you'll get free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. Plus, you can even buy used in a bunch of different categories. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link, and a portion of the purchase price goes to Free Talk Live. Still the same great prices that you're used to. It's just that Amazon's cutting off some of their profit and sending it over to us for sending them the business. Amazon.freetalklive.com. So mostly some good news in an ABC News survey revealing that Americans are less than satisfied about uh, how the system works and with the government and the, the 
the biggest problem in the poll is that Americans are still believing the supermajority of Americans still believe that it's just the people that are the problem. That if we if we are just to find the right legislators, if we could just elect the right people, that that would change everything. And of course, it's not very likely that the right people are ever going to become elected because the system attracts the corrupted, the system attracts the power seekers, and those people are willing to do whatever it takes to get their hands on that power. It's only occasionally that you'll see anybody like a Ron Paul out in a political race, and it's less than occasional when somebody like Ron Paul will win a political race. Ron Paul is like the exception. Yeah, I, I, it's it's hard for me to imagine even how he did it, but thank goodness he did. It's it's nice to be able to use him as a as a proof of concept, an example yeah. of how of, you know uh, you know these situations. But by and large, he's really of uh, you know <laughs> how often is it a that narrow of a vote that his one vote matters? I mean, he's Never. he's fastidious about getting it's usually- there. 400 whatever to one yeah that i mean that 434 to one i mean that's that's a lot of times the most important stuff he's the only he's the lone voice he's he's only you know he's valuable only from the fact that people pay attention to him that he's unique in that he is that lone voice and so he gets attention and of course his political campaign in 2008 was incredibly successful all things considered, I mean, as far as third-party campaigns go, or as far as the libertarians have uh, have done in the in the past, Ron Paul mopped them up. I mean, he did a great job getting the ideas of freedom out there. Was it a truly principled, one hundred percent freedom message? No, it was like ninety-eight percent. Um, but dang, that's pretty good, all things considered. And so, good kudos to Ron Paul for everything that he's done for liberty. Um, and of course, the Ron Paul campaign was also really great evidence of the strength of the internet and uh, it making it you know turning into an organizational tool uh, a way for people to get involved in ways that they've heretofore never been able to uh, to get involved in political campaigns the money bomb of of course is a and now much aped uh, political campaigning tool that yes. had never been done before the Ron Paul campaign where it was a Ron Paul campaign supporter not a campaign staff member not right. somebody who was working for Ron Paul in fact none of the innovation in the Ron Paul campaign came from his official campaign the innovation came from the grassroots honestly folks. his campaign his official campaign kind of stunk as far as i was concerned it's a campaign I, they I th- are what I think they, they are. tried they be- the, their very best with it but Ron Paul to his credit, tries very, 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 very hard to be a very good representative in the U.S. House of Representatives. And he probably didn't expect to win. So he felt like he should turn his campaign over to other folks. And, you know, I just I, I, I felt things could have been done differently. There wasn't enough television. There was uh, too much radio. They pushed, uh, you know, portions of his camp. Uh, the, they pushed the few things that he was actually that is actually pro government on as on you know in his radio commercials I, I just thought it was terrible yeah i i tend to agree with you i know i didn't have i a mean lot of he's experience. a doctor he, and and it was uh, medicine was a huge issue in 2008 uh you know government uh, government intervention in, in medicine and he didn't even you know it was barely even touched i mean the one area where he should be able to knock it out of the park every time they you know his campaign didn't even work on that yeah 
So, but but the people that were supporting him did a kick butt job with his campaign, and they did amazing, innovative things. The, the Ron Paul Revolution yeah. uh, thing, where the, where Revolution had the word love kind of reversed in it, and that made that was made into billboards. It was put on a blimp or something like that. I mean, it was all over the place, and all of that was done by the individuals who were the grassroots supporters of yeah, Ron Paul. This was Paul. real grassroots, real, real, real grassroots. Right. Well, a lot of what the reason you say that is a lot of what uh, the political typical political campaign candidates, Republicans and Democrats, would claim to be grassroots, is really just their political campaign directing people. Whatever that means. I don't know what that no, means. No, fake, fake grassroots. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a top-down organizational method to say, look at our grassroots. Uh, whereas when it's uh, the, like the Ron Paul campaign, the, the campaign didn't even know what was going on to support. They, they had no idea yeah. what people they were doing They ended up just turning there. people over to um, you know, the other folks in, in the beginning, at least. But I bring, uh, I bring up Ron Paul because the other part of this poll that we mentioned in the last segment was uh, the, the young people. The, uh, the young people in, the, in this poll are much more pessimistic about the method of government and the effectiveness of government and how great the, the country supposedly is. And, and it was the young people that really were the, uh, from what I could tell, the engine behind the Ron Paul campaign. I mean, if you think about, Mark, when we had folks on that were supporting Ron Paul, we had B.J. Boyapati on, mm-hmm. who is the former uh, Google guy that actually quit his job at Google to go and campaign for Ron Paul. Uh, Trevor Lyman was the guy that came up with the Ron Paul money bomb. And these guys are in their early 20s. It's the young. It was really a young people's campaign for a guy who's almost 80 years old. It was an incredible connection that these people, these young folks were able to make with Ron Paul, who otherwise... You know, you wouldn't think that uh, those kinds of age ranges would particularly gel very effectively. Yeah, well, it's Ron Paul's. It's the message of liberty That's and it. not Ron Paul. Yeah, Ron Paul was he the would tell vehicle. You. That's true. Yeah, he was the vehicle. Because this, and he's a relatively soft-spoken guy, and I think he's gotten better, um, you know, from interviews to, with interviews and things like that mm-hmm. since 2008 in his campaign, because he just had a lot more practice. Oh, he's yeah. probably had a lot more uh, fastballs thrown at him. He's a soft-spoken, older gentleman, um, and you know there's there's really nothing to get excited about him uh, when it comes to a twenty-year-old. He's you know he looks like and acts like just another politician. Actually, not as he doesn't have as much zip as a most pol- as a lot of politicians do. He doesn't come off as fake like they. Yeah, do. that much is true. And and that made a difference. It resonated with young people, and young people were able to come across those ideas easily and quickly because of social networking and because of the Internet and their mastery, their relative mastery of it. It's not to say that older people don't understand the Internet. They do. I mean, there's some of, some retirees out there, some of the biggest Internet whizzes you'll, you'll come across. I mean, they've got the time and the, uh, the money to, uh, to pour into their ho- what, a hobby of, uh, of using the Internet. Young people have been, you know, they grew up on these things. I mean, it, it's amazing to me as a relatively young person i'm 30 now but it's i remember being just amazed uh, about a decade ago i was over at one of my friends uh, spending some time with a friend and and he had a younger sibling who was maybe six or seven and just watching them use the computer was just to click, 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 click all over the place i was just blown away by it and this is as, i'm speaking as a computer geek as somebody who spends right. all day on a computer and can build a computer from scratch, just watching a, a, a young person, somebody a decade or an, a, you know, two, two decades younger than me use a computer was, 
was amazing, mind-bending, awe-inspiring. So you were impressed with their what their abilities were um, as an individual or impressed with their abilities as a seven-year-old? Uh, as a young individual. I'm not sure what your question is. Well, I'm just is. saying, were they better than you? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time to analyze okay. their their. You're just amazed at their age. Like, wow, their technical abilities for yeah. their age. Look how young this person is, and look what they're able to do uh, on the computer, and and all of the things that that people who are younger than I am are plugged into. Like for a while, I was like, ah, oh, what's all this text messaging stuff, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I have it turned off on my phone, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and what's this Twitter all about? I don't get it. Uh, you know, you know I, I've I, had that perspective. Yeah, I think I think what we need to I think we need to look at it when we start feeling that way because it's easy to get old. Yeah, it's easy to get cr- crotchety and curmudgeony. Right. These kids today and they're texting, and uh, so. But then my uh, my girlfriend uh, got a phone with one of the texting capabilities, and so I I did a little bit of texting there. But still, I'm not into it. I don't have a bunch of people that uh, that I text. But they are, and they uh, that's it, technology is even more an integral part in their lives than it is in mine, at least from my observations. And that's a good thing for liberty because they're connected, and the ideas can flow quicker to them. They don't have to come across some arcane book in the library on accident and discover the ideas of freedom. It's being pushed. It's being promoted. It's being socially networked uh, toward them. So over time, I think that the young folks' dissatisfaction with the system itself, uh, more young people coming to the conclusion that it's wrong to use aggression against peaceful people will lead us to wherever it is we're going next. And I'll tell you where we're going next. Hour number two is coming up. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various different features that we bring to you. They're all completely free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. So, William Norman Grigg over at LewRockwell.com, always just the man on the spot when it comes to reporting on the ever-encroaching police state that we have here in this country. I actually had a a nice conversation with uh, William recently 
uh, via phone. I, I can't really reveal to you what it's uh, what it was about, but great guy, really nice guy. He was aware of Free Talk Live. I don't think he was aware that we use his his uh, articles as often as we do, and so I let him know and thanked him for doing such a great job on keeping an eye on things when it comes to the police state of America. And he's got his own blog. It's Freedom in Our Time dot blogspot dot com the pro libertate uh, blog this one's called uh, fbi bureau of frameups bullying and intimidation we're going to make this much more difficult for you if you don't cooperate this stereotypically thuggish threat issued from a stereotypical thug named vincent an fbi agent who was among a half dozen feds and local police who descended on the santa clara home of 20 year old yasif afifi earlier this month you may recall this story. We did discuss it here on the air. It's hard to forget a man named uh, Fifi. A few days before the visit, Fifi had discovered a government-issued tracking device, GPS tracking device, attached to his car during an oil change. So the guy doing the oil change has said, hey, uh, you might want to take a look at this. And so he did. And a few days later, uh, one of Afifi's friends posted a photo of the unit, which is an Orion Guardian ST820, sold exclusively to law enforcement agencies. To an online file-sharing website. This sent the Stasi scurrying to Afifi's home to reclaim the surveillance gear that it had surreptitiously planted on his car. That's right. They told him that, well, now that you've found our tracking device, we want it back. And if you don't hand it over, there could be trouble. Hmm. This, uh, this sent, you'd think that finders keepers. Hey, you want to put something on my car? It's mine. That's vandalism as far as I'm concerned. You want to attach a piece of gum to my car? That's my piece of gum. If you attach a, uh, I'm not going to do anything with it, I'll throw it away, but if you attach a $1,000 tracking device to my car, that's my tracking device now. But, I don't see how it could be considered anything else, yeah, honestly. It's, it's abandoned property. Uh, but they, of course, don't see it that way, and they've got all the guns and the cages, so it's, you know, Mr. Afifi did what he was told. They also took the opportunity to bully and browbeat the college student whom they'd pestered several months before following an anonymous tip that the natural-born U.S. citizen was a threat to national security. During the earlier visit, Afifi stiff-armed the Bureau of Frame-Ups Bullying and Intimidation, telling them he would answer their questions if his attorney approved. The feds appeared to lose interest in Afifi after his attorney contacted the Bureau. In fact, they were continuing to keep him and his friends under surveillance. Not only did they secretly place a tracking device on his car, they also kept track of his travel plans, employment status, and even shadowed him when he took his girlfriend out on dinner dates. Now, this based on... That's got to be really great for your love life, right? It's just, well, presuming he knew that it was going on. But yeah, uh, this based on essentially nothing more than... There really wasn't any evidence that they had on this guy. I mean, his dad was from Egypt or something like that. And yeah, his, da- his dad was uh, you know, a, a, a person of interest or whatever. But that doesn't make him one. And the, you know, they're just chasing after this guy because he's an easy lead. During their visit to reclaim their snooping device, the feds seemed determined to wring from Afifi some kind of damaging statement about his friend Khaled, who had posted the photo of the GPS tracker. One of the interrogators produced a printout of a blog post written by Khaled that had something to do with a mall or a bomb, according to the feds. Afifi related this to Wired News. He was also told that the FBI had stationed other agents outside of Khaled's house, a statement that Afifi described as weird. I didn't really believe anything they were saying. It's entirely reasonable to believe that every word uttered by a representative of the FBI is a deliberate falsehood. Remember, it's fully legal for them to lie to you, but for you to lie to them is a federal crime. 
Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the truth. It's also something in the neighborhood of a certainty that Afifi's timely and unexpected discovery of the FBI's tracking device ruined the, F, uh, the, the Bureau's plans to blackmail him into joining its ever-expanding stable of informants-slash-provocateurs. Just days before the FBI swarmed Afifi's home to recover its illicitly planted tracking device, federal prosecutors dropped charges against Afghan immigrant and Arabic language instructor Abnadullah Saiz Naizi, who was... Or, yeah, Nizi, who was accused of concealing ties to terrorist groups in his citizenship application. Nazi's uh, supposed offense was neglecting to mention the fact that his sister was married to a Taliban leader who at the time was distantly allied with someone believed to be affiliated with Al-Qaeda. This would mean that Nazi, who... I'm pronouncing his name differently every time I realize that, who had settled in Orange County, California, was linked... To terrorism in the same way that Dark Helmet was connected to Lone Star in Spaceballs. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. <laughs> As Niazi points out, he didn't choose his in-laws or be responsible for their chosen associations. But the FBI, like secret police in every despotism, are quick to capitalize on an exploitable vulnerability of this kind. Niazi was arrested by the FBI in early, of, uh, early 2009. Thomas Ropel III, a special agent assigned to the Orange County Joint Terrorism Task Force, claimed that Niazi had approached an undercover informant and offered to send him to terrorist training camps in Yemen or Pakistan. Hold on. They, they're saying that this, this Afifi guy had said that— No, no, this is not Afifi. This is uh, Niazi. This is another this guy. This is his friend? Uh, nope. Nope. Just a different case. Okay. So, were you? Are you still confused? I think I. I you know, I, I. It seems like we've jumped guys here. We have. Okay, that's what. Uh, that's what he's doing here. He's talking about uh, y- y- something else that's that's you know related to, uh, not directly related to a Fifi's case, but okay. the FBI picking on another guy who has no ties, like a Fifi has no real ties to to terrorism. Just somebody who's a family member of somebody else who's a an in law of someone else who may be allegedly tied to terrorism. Got it. So uh, Niazi was arrested, and the special agent in charge of the task force claimed that he'd approached an informant and offered to send him to terrorist training camps. In fact, just shortly before the FBI had abducted Niazi, the bureau had either excuse me the bureau had presented him with what could be called the Randy Weaver ultimatum: either become an informant or we'll make your life a living hell. That's what Niazi summarized their demand to be. Hmm. Ironically, or perhaps not, two years before being arrested as a supposed terrorist suspect, Niazi had actually reported a potential terrorist threat to the FBI before being presented with that demand. The threat had been issued by Craig Montelli, a.k.a. Farouk Aziz, the career criminal who'd been planted by the FBI as an infiltrator provocateur in the Irvine Mosque attended by Niazi. Uh, Niazi. The first Friday of June 2007, Niazi and Mont- uh, Montiel, oh boy, Montiel, who was posing as an Islamic convert of French-Syrian ancestry, were sharing a ride to the mosque in a car driven by an Egyptian-born software engineer, Mohammed Elisi. In a story published a few weeks later by InFocus News, which is a periodical covering matters of interest to Muslims in Orange County, described how, apropos of exactly nothing, Montel started talking about the Iraq War, according to Niazi. He went off on a rant against U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East. The FBI's provocateur then asked if either of the other two knew of an operation he could be part of. This wasn't the first time that Montiel had made that pitch. Irvine resident Ashruf Zid, who also attended the same mosque, recalled the informant approached him one day, claiming to have access to weapons and asking if he wanted to join him in waging jihad. Two things are worth noting here. 
The first is that in keeping with standard FBI procedure, Montiel's recruitment pitch focused on the real cause of Muslims' resentment toward the United States, Washington's imperial foreign policy, rather than a supposed theological imperative to slaughter and subdue infidels. Right. You know, I guess he's making a really great point here, which is when the FBI sent a uh, a shill in amongst the Muslims, they didn't say, let's kill the Americans, their women have no shame. Mm. That they, their Western technology is driving our people out of grass huts. We cannot have this. No, they said uh, the Americans' foreign policy is killing our friends and family. Let's do something about it. Yep. More coming up here about uh, the Federal Bureau of Frameups, Bullying, and Intimidation. 800 259 9231. 1 800 259 9231. You can take control of the airwaves. It's really. Not a shock to anybody that's heard these stories before. The feds set people up. There are more coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. The number is 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Well, you'll find a bunch of stuff, and it's all free, including our news updates. You get signed up, and you'll be kept in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. In fact, I just sent one during that break. Uh, we, we send them out via email, Twitter, Facebook. You can go to news.freetalklive.com, get signed up for any one of those that you would like. And I sent one out announcing that we're doing another banner auction. That's the way we do the uh, the top six banners on the website or the top few banners on the site. We we auction them off unless somebody's locked them down for an extended period of time. They uh, they go up every month uh, whenever somebody uh, frees up from uh, from their advertising. It, it makes it available for you. So right now the fourth banner at freetalklive.com is available to you. Uh, bidding starts at $0.99, cents and it'll last about seven days. And last time this banner went for 100 bucks. But then again, another one went recently. Uh, the third banner went for like thirty bucks. So you never, you never know. know. You never know. Uh, but you'll get it for a month. You can advertise virtually anything you want. So uh, place your bid now at auction. FreeTalkLive.com. So Christmas time is coming up, and uh, people, you know, you're, you're going to have kids on your Christmas uh, list, whether you have your own children or other children that are special to you. If those kids are between the ages of three and seven, I'd say. You probably, I think you ought to take a look at An Island Called Liberty. It's a picture book whose simple, uh, simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. It's an opportunity to teach kids about the ideas of liberty. And, uh, you know, in the process, whomever reads the book to them, too. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. Use coupon code FTL to get an additional 10% off. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live. FreeMarketUnderdog.com, an island called Liberty. All right, so we're telling you a story from William Norman Grigg over at the Pro Libertate blog, freedominourtime.blogspot.com. William Norman Grigg constantly digging deep 
to get the real story about some of the news that you might just hear glossed over by you know the big news organizations out there. The news did report on uh, you know some of the detail of these cases. He started out by talking about the young man, the twenty year old man who was uh, who caught who essentially found a tracking device being planted on his car and how it is that the uh, the feds basically told him you'll either help us or we'll make your life a living hell. Uh, and then they, he begins to relate a different story because just days before Mr. Afifi had his home uh, swarmed by the FBI, that Afifi being the guy that found the tracking device, the feds dropped charges against another man named Saiz Na- Amnadullah Saiz Niazi, who was accused of concealing ties to terrorist groups. Now, of course, what really ended up being the case was that somebody that he was an in-law, you know, somebody that was an in-law was related to somebody else who was related to another person who might have been involved with the Taliban or whatever. It was like really disconnected kind of thing. In fact, this guy even actually at one point gave a terrorism tip to the FBI. Not good enough. So they, they at that point, uh, or at some point in 2007... Mr. Niazi, the man in question here, uh, was attending a mosque in, I believe, uh, well, wherever it was that he lived. In Encino, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was in California somewhere. But he was attending a a, a mosque where a man by the name of Craig Mont... And I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this right. uh, Montelli, or Montel, we'll just call him Montel for uh, short, uh, for, I don't know, accuracy's sake here. This is the guy who was a career criminal who'd been planted by the FBI as an infiltrator slash provocateur in this particular mosque. And during a car ride, he went off on a rant against U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East and and essentially asked the other two gentlemen he was riding with if they knew of an operation that he could be a part of. And then another guy that also attended the same mosque recalled that the same man, Mr. Montel, approached him one day asking if he had any access to weapons and if he wanted to join him in waging jihad. And as Greg points out here, it's interesting to uh, to note that despite what these people call this show to say, that they hate us for our freedoms, that Muslims and hate- that they somehow know where these hotbeds of terrorism are, because they put this guy who's, uh, you know, ethnically fits the bill, talking about all this stuff in one of these places that is supposed to be one of these hotbeds, and they got nothing. Nada. Yeah. So the other uh, so so, yeah, pointing out that uh, what he was using to motivate these or to, to attempt to motivate these people to jihad was the aggression of the U.S. government's foreign policy of the military in the Middle East, the aggression was what he thought would motivate these folks, not, you know, Coca-Cola and, or McDonald's. And this is the sum total of sex. terrorism as it has existed in the United States since 9-11-2001. This is it. The stuff that the FBI is able to go out and sort of conjure up by, uh, you know, putting these uh, hard-selling, uh, you know, uh, t- jihad salesmen um, in front of people and seeing if they'll turn or not. And what you get are, you know, a few lone individuals uh, and or, you know, people that are, you know, just just not very convincing. They certainly aren't a tight-knit cell of, uh, you know, 13 or 16 guys or whatever that have the wherewithal, the the um, the training and the purpose, the drive, the emotional fortitude that it takes to have done what the terrorists did on 9-11. Nothing like that. They're not catching these guys up. You know, these guys are the big fish in, in the terrorism pond, and the FBI is throwing out its net, and it's pulling up guppies. Yep. So, uh, so according to uh, Greg here, the other point 
is that once again, as is common in cases of this kind, the local Muslims wanted nothing to do with Montel once the provocateur began his campaign of incitement. Some of the people who attended the mosque to worship gave the FBI's inside man a wide berth, and others simply stopped attending services immediately after because they know that this guy's trouble. Just like we know it here in New Hampshire, whereas uh, we've moved here, Mark, as part of the Free State Project and a movement of activists that is uh, coming together in order to get active, achieve liberty in our lifetime. Uh, if somebody comes into our ranks with ideas of violence, they are talked to first and foremost because some people could come in with the, just the wrong idea. Nah, I think we've all been there. Yeah, there's, a lot of us have been angry in the past, and so they are talked to and and uh, told that that's you know that's just not appropriate. That's not the the kind of people that we are. It's not a solution. We don't believe right. Violence isn't going to bring peace. If they were to continue after that in talking about violence, then they would be ostracized. Just as these folks were doing with uh, Mr. Montill, or Montill. So, uh, so again, they just stopped attending services or gave him a wide berth. Immediately after their unsettling conversation, Niazi and Alisi approached Husayam Alush, the director of the Southern California chapter of the Committee on American-Islamic Relations. According to Alush, Niazi and Alessi were worried the guy they knew was as Farouk had gone crazy or is about to do something, and they would be considered accomplices since they knew him. Alush himself had been cooperating with the FBI since shortly after 9-11 in exchange for assurances, which unfortunately he had accepted in good faith, that the Bureau would not infiltrate mosques and keep them under surveillance. He was immediately contact, or he immediately contacted Stephen Tidwell, the assistant FBI director in L.A., to warn him about Farouk. I'm calling to report a possible terrorist, he told Tidwell. He is a white convert in Irvine. Okay, thanks for letting us know, Tidwell curtly replied, cutting off Alush. What he should have said was, I know, he's one of ours. Instead, Tidwell dispatched special agents. Well, he couldn't say that because he had made a promise to the guy right. that he wouldn't do that. Tidwell dispatched special agent Ellis Kupperman to interview Niazi, Elisi, and several others who had met Montel. This was done to determine if the FBI could wring any more use out of its infiltrator and also to learn if any of those who became suspicious of the undercover asset could be induced into becoming informants themselves. Not content to allow the FBI to handle Farouk, several members of the Irvine Mosque, including Niazi, took out a restraining order against him. More coming up. Wow. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on our site free. Enjoy those, including our listening options, broadband and dial-up flavors. We've got streams around the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is airing constantly over there at listen.freetalklive.com. And our listen lines are available as well that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. You can listen in that way in addition to the 80-plus radio affiliates that we have uh, over at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. If you're frustrated with a lack of freedom where you live... 
and are tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life, then you should know about the Free State Project. Because what if thousands of liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place and getting active? Would you want to join them? Or would you be too scared of what the federal government might do? Well, if you're too scared, then you stay right where you are and let us know how liberty does. Because getting being scared about the future of freedom and, and getting active for freedom is sure as hell not going to bring it to you. <laughs> right. So you know, you're going to have to do something. A scared uh, group of citizenry is certainly not a free citizenry. Yeah, so get yourself free. Join the Free State Project and join up with other liberty-minded people at freestateproject.org. We're talking about a group of folks that constantly has to deal with the threat of the federal government getting involved in their lives in a violent manner. And we're talking about the the Muslims of America uh, being targeted by federal informants who are constantly trying to gin up violence, who are frequently putting out the ideas of, let's start a jihad, let's bomb some things, come on, guys! As this uh, man by the name of Montel in uh, in Southern California was doing at a mosque, he was attempting to uh, to talk people into getting violent with him, and they wanted nothing to do with him. They, in fact, <laughs> put a restraining order on him. Yeah, they reported him to the FBI. Of course, he was working for the FBI, so the FBI was well aware of him being there. Yeah, that didn't and work. They put a restraining order on him. Uh, then, according to William Norman Gregg at freedominourtime.blogspot.com, it prompted the FBI's asset to threaten retaliation in the form of a frame-up. Montel complained to Niazi, who's one of the uh, the good guys, Montel being the uh, the informant, there is a restraining order against me. He wrote in an email, the FBI has contacted me. They want to interview me about certain rumors. Ahmad, I have evidence of the things we discussed. I have proof and lots of proof. Now it's my turn. I'm very sorry it had to come to this. At the time, Montel, a part-time personal trainer with a criminal history going back to 1987 that includes burglary and grand theft, was being paid extravagantly by the FBI to harass, torment, and frame innocent Muslims. Yeah, I wondered why he was so uh, eager to do it. I mean, you know, this this isn't the behavior of your average uh, snitch here, you know, bugging people and that kind of thing. He needs results. He's got to find somebody to, yeah. uh, to agree to a, a, a violent plot. He was also busily defrauding two local women out of more than $150,000 at the same time. In a scam reminiscent a of, of Nigerian email fraud, Montel somehow persuaded the women to invest large amounts of money to obtain and retail human growth hormone and similar, similar products. Neither the drugs nor the promised profits ever materialized, but Montel was able to profit handsomely. In addition to the cash, he got a new car and a plasma screen TV out of the arrangement, as well as an extramarital affair with one of the victims. Owing no doubt to interference from Montel's federal handlers, Irvine police, or Irvine police permitted his scam to run long after the victims filed a complaint. In September of 07, charges were finally filed against Montel, who confronted a possible five-year prison term. Thanks once again to federal intervention with the prosecutor, the FBI's provocateur was given a 16-month prison sentence, half of which he actually served. His probation term was also cut short at the request of the local prosecutor as a reward for his valuable undercover work. So this guy basically had federal protection, was able to get away with criminal acts because the uh, the feds had some sort of attached some value to him going into these mosques and trying to gin up violence. They are working with the scum of the earth. It's pretty crazy. Montel was ruined as an informant, but he was already out of jail by the time the FBI turned its attention to Ahmed Niazi. In June of 2008, an anguished Niazi went to Alush care office to report that the FBI was threatening to prosecute him for perjury because of his failure to report distant, attenuated, inconsequential connections to terrorism. 
or a connection. Unlike Montel, Niazi had never harmed another human being. Yet he was told he faced more than 30 years in prison unless he was willing to become an informant. Mm. A tearful Niazi told Alyush, I came to America thinking this was a free country and I'd be treated with dignity and humanity. The FBI has done more than its share to disabuse many people of such comforting delusions. Niazi's trial was scheduled to begin in November. He would very well be headed for prison if it weren't for another plot twist worthy of an Elmore Leonard novel. After spending years of harassing Orange County Muslims and denouncing both CARE and the ACLU of being in league with terrorists, Montel allied himself with them in a lawsuit against the FBI. Oh, in September of 2009, Montel filed a $10 million lawsuit against the FBI, which doesn't appear likely to proceed at this point. A 28-page deposition he filed in that suit described how his handlers, quote, gave me a quota to collect contact information for 10 new Muslims per day, unquote. According to Montel, federal joint terrorism task forces were running many infiltration slash provo- uh, provocation operations in areas with the biggest concentration of Muslim Americans, i.e. New York, the Dearborn, Michigan Dearborn, area, Michigan. <laughs> and the Orange County slash L.A. area. A few months before filing that declaration, Montel had offered additional details in a motion he filed to set aside the care restraining order. In July of 06, while Montel was working as a self-employed fitness consultant, a rather sanitized description of the previously described scam that he was running, he was contacted by agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and was asked by them to act as an informant as to potential terrorist activities in Orange County, he testified under oath. Montel's handlers were identified as FBI Special Agents Tracy Hanlon, Paul Allen, and Kevin Armstrong, who acted under the direction of the local L.A. region of the FBI, Stephen Tidwell, as well as Special Agent in Charge Barbara Walls. Montel's assignment was carried out pursuant to a national security directive called Operation Flex, which was signed by President Bush as an executive order. He claims in his affidavit with a... You know, it's never Operation 2-2. It's never (laughs) Operation, uh, uh, you know, whatever, something that doesn't sound fuzzy bunny. It's it's always some masculine or deadly sounding thing. With amazing candor, Montel describes which I think just kind of speaks to the frame of mind of the people that uh, you know work in these organizations and came up, come up with these names and you know big th- tough guys. Yeah, well, it's you know people that get things done. Well, you know if you're running a uh, a terrorist uh, net, a terrorist sweeping, uh, you know operation, and the place that you're sweeping has no potential terrorists in it. What are you? And you're a guy who gets things done. What are you going to do? Going to make some crap up. Well, you're going to, you know, you're going to try harder to find them. And the harder you try, the more likely you're to find somebody who's not really a terrorist. With amazing candor, Montel describes how he was instructed to. This is a quote from his affidavit: to to advance an agenda that involved organizing terrorist activities, making reference to jihad, holy war, and organizing terrorist plots and activities. Yeah, that sounds like something you'd make up, doesn't it? I mean, that doesn't sound at all like police speak. At the direction of the FBI, he attempted to infiltrate and spy on the activities of the members of the Irvine Mosque in an effort to uncover potential terrorists and plots against the government. He was instructed by his handlers to act in a manner that suggested that he was a terrorist. His actions made many of the members of the mosque uncomfortable, and the attorney for the mosque uh, contacted him in an effort to get him to stop attending regular prayers. This simply can't be any clearer. It was the FBI's implanted thug who was advancing a terrorist agenda at the Irvine Mosque and the faithful Muslims who threw him out. 
Furthermore, the Muslim immigrant who dutifully reported to the FBI's who dutifully reported the FBI's infiltrator was threatened with a long prison term if he didn't volunteer to serve as a replacement provocateur. Half of what, if half of what he's saying is true, uh, according to Alouche of Montel's claims, Americans would come to the conclusion some FBI agents were being trained by the KGB. This isn't strictly true since July of 1994, when then F- the FBI director Louis Free signed an accord in Moscow with the leadership of the FSB, which is the KGB's successor. successor. The political police in both Russia and the USSA have been full-fledged partners in counterterrorism, as was the case with Orwell's allegorical pigmen. It's difficult to say which has been the more corrupting influence on the other. the SACL CAI toll-free line. More evidence in case case you needed it that uh, all of the so-called terrorism out there is being created by the FBI themselves. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the Tota Sack, which is the way to bring in groceries from the car. Uh, We'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. So prepare yourself for that. 800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there for you free. Uh, the main feature of the site actually allows you to create the content. You, the listener, uh, you surf around on the web, you find something you think is pretty neat, you want to share it with our other listeners, you just go to freetalklive.com and submit it as show prep. You can use our handy bookmarklet to make it even easier. And then it shows up on our website and other listeners vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the more, What's uh, that the noise? Most, I don't know what that noise is. I'm not sure. It's uh, clearly the, a computer noise. The, uh, the more liked, the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. Uh, at freetalklive.com. Let's continue here with uh, your calls. Uh, in fact, I don't think our listeners could actually hear that noise, Mark. So <laughs> that probably was extra confusing to them. <laughs> Let's go to Aaron in California. You are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Aaron. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I wanted to bring up the whole voting thing again. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, I I used to... Uh, believe that voting was immoral. In fact, I know Wes Bertrand called in the other day to talk about it himself, and he's the one that convinced me of that. Mm -hmm. But now I have a different mindset. I think that it's silly to say that it's immoral, but I'll be the first to a huge waste of time. But I think immoral in saying that it legitimizes the system is a huge stretch because there's no evidence that it legitimizes the system. In fact, there's evidence of the opposite. Uh, you guys have mentioned it before where uh, whole towns have not gone in and voted and the government still continued. Yeah, um, and people kept paying taxes, too. Yeah, I think and that legitimizes thing. things more than anything else. Right. That's another thing I wanted to mention is that uh, these people are harping so much on the not voting, but if they would use that energy towards uh, advocating not paying taxes or even not working for the government, 
I think that's uh, more important. Or, or better yet, than advocating those things, just not paying taxes. If, well, if all the people who say right, they didn't yeah. vote would stop paying taxes, then that'd make a if, pretty big. Gap. If you can't convince me, and I believe in the ideas of liberty, you can't. And I've been, and I've looked at this issue many, 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 many times. If you can't right. convince me that uh, that voting is somehow supporting the system, then um, it seems like you should take a different tax. And I think that 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 it's clear that paying taxes supports the system. I'd agree with you there. The reason that I choose to pay t- um, income taxes is I'm scared of going to prison and I've got a young child and things like that. Right. And that makes sense. Um, I also wanted to mention that, um, like I said, I know Wes was on the show recently talking about this and um, he he's also huge on like the whole Stefan Molyneux theory of like holding family to the same standards and even defooing if they are... Uh, advocate using violence and and it's clear that he feels that voting is using violence but i know for a fact that he gets uh emails from family members about political parties and and i'm not judging him for that but at the same time it does seem like a little hypocritical or like a double standard on his part so i think that that just shows that part of this whole not voting thing is a way just to for those people to show moral superiority over others and I'm just sick of it. Well, let me think. I I, I do think that uh, it's an opportunity to 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 show that I am better than thou. Uh, you know, the whole "I don't vote, I'm not involved" thing. I, I agree with you there. Which isn't even hard to do. Yeah, and I and I guess you could make the claim, right? It's not like you're doing anything. It's it's the I'm doing nothing, and therefore I'm doing something very important, which is just you know poppycock. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Um, but the um, and I guess you know I wouldn't I wouldn't try to. My mom sends these things around and they have a, a decidedly Republican bend to them. And, right, my know, mom too. Right. I, I, don't, I, I don't scold her too often. I think I've done it a couple of times, especially the ones that are a little too weighted towards war or uh, the hating of our, well, our southern brothers. My mom never sends me anything like oh, that. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, <laughs> I, think that, I think it's twice that I've sent back scolding stuff. Um, but you know, like, I, I can understand why he doesn't do it, but I, I would have to agree that there's me a certain too. level of a hypocrisy in there, I suppose. Right. I'm not judging him at all for not scolding her or for not, you know, breaking from her. It's nothing like that. I just think it's a little hypocritical. Yeah. yeah I don't care if people don't vote. I mean, whatever. You do what feels right for you, but don't yeah, tell right. me that you're an activist because you don't vote. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what Wes Bertrand is saying. I know he's an activist. He does his show and that's activism. And I'm not, that's, that's not my point. But there are folks out there that would, you know, would, would point to the fact that they don't vote and and uh, and wear it like this badge of honor when it really is it's next to meaningless it's meaningless typically it's next to meaningless when you do vote and it's also similarly next to meaningless when you don't vote i mean i look at it as just a little game that the the people in the positions of power allow you to play and in some places that game is slightly more effective than in others so like here in new hampshire it kind of makes sense if you've got the right candidate to go out and, and vote for them because you can actually see that uh, the Liberty folks are having an effect here. The, the, the Some people have actually even been elected. Uh, they've Those people who have been elected have put through things like the knife, uh, the knife ban repeal. Now mm-hmm. everybody can carry whatever knives they want here in New Hampshire. So there's real tangible things that have, uh, that have come from the political process here. Whereas you're in California, Aaron. I mean, what's the point there? Right. Yeah, well... I don't think I'll be here long, but even in New Hampshire, I don't know if you'll catch me voting, but at the same time, I'm not going to 
judge those that do, you know? Fair well, enough. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get a bent out of shape on it. There are certainly liberty activists here that do get bent out of shape. And I kind of I, I kind you did of in see, the past. Yeah, I have in the past. So I see where they're coming from. But, you know, I think I think that, uh, you know, probably the best thing to do, the way to convince people is uh, is with honey and not vinegar. So yelling at people for not voting because you think that they should doesn't Bribing work. them would work, though. What's that? Bribing Bribe them? By their vote. Yeah, probably that. That would be more so because um, they could see some kind of tangible benefit. Benefit. But when you come to New Hampshire and you see a Liberty candidate lose by 13 votes, um, you know, as I have seen that happen, then you're like, you know, maybe my vote would have mattered. Yep. Right. Thanks, Aaron, for sharing. Yeah, that. I can Anything see else? that. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, and of course, it is. It's still that season uh, election. I guess what next next week, right? Uh, Tuesday, November second. I think that's what it is. Um, it, it seems like it's coming up. Oh, and I take it back. There is something worth voting for in California uh, this uh, this year. Prop and that's 19. The Proposition nineteen. Which... It seems to me that if you're you're one of these principled non-voters, that there's not much to argue about when it comes to Prop nineteen. Well, I mean, it is legalization, but uh, it's still way better than prohibition. So, oh yeah, um, well, if your vote, if you get that one vote, and you have to admit that if the system isn't rigged, that one vote will make the difference because you know more uh, a majority of people get to make the decision in this case, or sixty percent. I don't know what could make the difference. yeah would make the difference if if that was the the circumstance, and if it lost by one vote, and it was your you know that would you can say one can say hey Val, that's your vote, and the there are people being thrown in jail now because you decided not to go out and vote. It seems to me that you could uh, that that you have a certain level of responsibility, an onus, a um, you know maybe not responsibility is probably not the right word. It's too uh, too strong for that. But you could have done something. Yeah. You could have helped other people. You yes, the ball. It's the cops that are doing it. But take a look at what happened with mar- medical marijuana in California 13, 15 years ago. The cops said they were going to continue arresting people. Then they stopped. Yep. You're not. You're right, Mark. You're not responsible. It doesn't. Uh, it's not your fault. Right. You can't. But, you can't claim that something's moral that uh, a person in a coma could, right. you, you know, wouldn't do. Not, it's also not your fault if there's a woman tied on the train tracks and she gets run over by the train and you didn't do anything about it. It's not your fault, but you could have done something. Right? Yeah, it you, just kind of seems a little despicable. You to me. could have gotten involved, and it is so inconsequential that what's the big deal i mean if you feel bad doing it then don't by all means don't do it if you feel like some sort of moral compunction against it then don't but i don't see what the i still don't see where the immorality of it is and uh and i've looked and i've thought about it and i've considered it and i almost was convinced at one point just because i was so disgusted with the system at that point oh yeah it certainly feels disgusting i agree the system was uh when i have to go in and uh, you know if as a an undeclared when i have to go in and say i'd like to register as a republican so i can get a re- republican ballot in the primary mm-hmm. or something like that it's gross it's gross yeah well the whole system is uh, is gross but back back when i was considering that which was probably i guess 08 so a couple of years ago things hadn't advanced as far as they uh, as they have now here in new hampshire and i i was much more disillusioned with the system then uh, at that, at that time than i am today i'm still pretty disillusioned with it. i don't think that anything significant is going to happen i would love to be proven wrong and uh, but i'm not so disillusioned where i've completely given up on uh, trying you know using their silly little game the voting system to try to change things 
But speaking of being disillusioned by the system, I did finally get some more information on uh, why it is that you can't get free justice here in New Hampshire. Uh, it's just a joke. The whole Constitution, everything is just a ludicrous joke on us. Hour 3 is coming up next. Free talk. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. And freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And uh, you, uh, by the way, coming up here, we got to give you some Tota Sacks. Two-pack of those still on the way here tonight. Uh, your chance to win shortly will be arriving. 800-259-9231 is the number. Again, you can bring up anything. Mark, you've been chomping at the bit to read a... A story for us, an analogy, perhaps. Uh, what do you? Yeah, got? I think it's a, a, a metaphor. I don't know. Longtime um, listeners uh, will have heard this one before, and that's why I was like, "Ah, oh, we've done this one. We've done it." But the show's been on the 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 air almost eight years now, hasn't it? Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's been a long time since we've done stuff, and we do certain bits over and over again. The uh, the the Thanksgiving story comes to mind. This is true. So I think that there are some, and this is one of those email forwards, and uh, you know it looks right to me. <laughs> I don't know for certain. I haven't. I'm. I'm. I, I think that uh, figuring out who pays what in taxes is so difficult. I've tried to do it, and it can be. Uh, you, you get so many. You get if you check three different sources, you get three different answers, and they're not even a little bit different. They're a lot different. But I think that you can probably use this as an analogy. Um, you know, largely, and. It's one of these email forwards, and mostly, you know, those things are full of crap, but this is just kind of an analogous story, and I think it's great. It's called Barstool Economics, and this is a story. This isn't true. Suppose that every day, 10 men go out for a beer, and the bill for all 10 comes to $100. These are some drinking guys. (laughs) If they paid their bill the way that—I guess it's not that much. 10 10 10 men drinking $100 worth of beer? Yeah, I suppose you could have two beers on that, Yeah. It's not hard to do. Yeah, it just seems like a lot, a uh, big bill, but I guess 10 guys is not that big of a deal. If they pay their bill the way that we pay our taxes, it goes something like this. The first four guys, the poorest, would pay nothing. The fifth would pay $1. The sixth would pay $3. The seventh would pay $7. The eighth would pay $12. The ninth would pay $18. Now you're getting into some expensive beers, $18, right? Mm-hmm. This is the number nine guy. The number 10 guy... The richest guy would pay $59 for his, I guess, two beers um, of these. Uh, the, his share of $100 is mm-hmm. $59. Bucks. Almost 60% is paid by the top 10% of the, uh, of, of the taxpayers. Okay. So that's what they decided to do. The men drank in the bar every day and seemed quite happy with the arrangement. I'm not happy. Uh, I'm not in the, t- the top tier, but I'm still not happy. I'm probably in uh, you know the the bottom four, and I'm still not happy because you. By the way, you pay, this is just income taxes. <laughs> there are lots and lots of other taxes that go around it. Until one day, the uh, the owner threw them a curve. He said, "Since you're all such good customers, I'm going to reduce the cost of your daily beer by twenty dollars. So the drinks for the new ten now cost eighty bucks. What a good deal, right?" 
Now their their bar tab, which was a hundred dollars, is now cut down to eighty bucks. Everybody should be happy, right? The group still wanted to pay their bill the way that we pay our taxes, so the first four men were unaffected. They'd still drink for free. But what about the other six men, the paying customers? How could they divide the $20 windfall so that everybody would get his fair share? They realized that $20 divided by six is $3.33, but if they subtracted that from everybody's total, then the fifth and the sixth guy would each be uh, being paid to drink his beer. So the bar owner suggested it would be fair to reduce each man's bill by roughly the same amount. He, um, He proceeded to work out the amount each should pay. The fifth man, like the first four, now paid nothing. So he saved 100%. Mm-hmm. The sixth man now paid $2 instead of 3 The seventh man paid $5 instead of 7 The eighth man, $9 instead of 12 The ninth man, $14 instead of 18 And the tenth guy's bill goes down $10 to $49 instead of $59. And that's a 16% savings. Now, if you look at all the rest of these guys, they've got larger savings but, you know, their savings is less in a dollar amount than the rich guy because he was paying for one-sixth of the bill for yeah. all these guys' beers. Remember, the first five guys now are paying nothing. Mm-hmm. Each of the six was better off than before, and the first four continued to drink for free. But once outside the restaurant, the men began, the men began to compare their savings. I only got a dollar out of the 20, declared the sixth man. He pointed to the tenth man, but he got ten. Yeah, that's right, explained the fifth man. I only saved a dollar, too. It's unfair that he got ten times more than I. That's true, shouted the seventh man. Why should we get he get ten dollars back when I only got two? The wealthy get all the breaks. Wait a minute, yelled the first four men in unison. We didn't get anything at all. The system exploits the poor. <laughs> the, ninth, um, the nine men surrounded the tenth man. And beat him up. The next night, the tenth man didn't show up for drinks. Well, who wants him anyway? <laughs> Those rich people exploiting everybody with all their riches, sitting around being rich and exploiting people with their riches and stuff. Hmm, but if he doesn't show up to the party, then who buys the beers? Well, let me finish the story. Yeah. The men sat down, had beers with, um, without him. But when it came time to pay the bill, they discovered something important. They didn't have enough money between all of them, for even half of the bill. Uh Uh-oh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, journalists and college professors, is how our tax system works. The people who pay the highest taxes get the most benefit from a tax reduction. Pay them too much, uh, excuse me, tax them too much, attack them for being wealthy, and they just might not show up anymore. In fact, they might start drinking overseas where the atmosphere is somewhat friendlier. And this yeah. is attributed to uh, some professor with a PhD in the University of Georgia. And I don't know. That's well, a true statement, though. I mean, that yeah. uh, if you screw the most uh, productive people out there, uh, that uh, they're just going to stop producing. Now, remember, not all rich people are productive. Some of them are, are inherited money, and those folks tend to blow it. Well, uh, and there's also people that, um, uh, that I think that rightly people are upset about their wealth. People that have exploited the system, that have managed to use the political system for their benefit. They have uh, you know, bought co- politicians, used crony capitalism to get sweetheart deals. They've gotten paid paid off for who they know, not for how well they've served people. There's another sort of rich person out there that has gotten wealthy by providing a good or a service in a marketplace that people have wanted 
And, and they've done the it in a way up. that make people happy. Those, because if they weren't happy, they wouldn't give them money. Yeah, those are the ones that are going to throw up their hands. Those are the ones that are going to move from one state to another to try to avoid state. taxes. <laughs> one, one government. To, yeah. Imagine yeah. for a second that you could uh, – remember, it wouldn't be a problem for you to come back to the country. But imagine if you could get citizenship in, say, the Cayman Islands and claim that you lived there. And, you know, as I understand it, I don't know – who knows all these tax laws? Um, they, they can be so convoluted. But as I understand it, you can uh, you know make more money by being a foreign citizen working in the country. You don't have to pay the same taxes. Let's go to the phones and the fun. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dennis is in Alabama in Huntsville listening to WBHP. Hello, Dennis. Hi there. Hey, what's on your uh, mind? Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you guys have police listening to you from time to time. You guys have sure. said, and with all the news out here and the economy and stuff like that, a, a point was brought up What in my mind is, what were well, the police abuses too? They think they can do this indefinitely, but what what would happen? Do they think happening? Since I guess they don't even think. But how about other folks out here? Uh, let's go say the country falls apart, the economy. We got anarchy, man, from coast to coast. Don't these cops out here that abuse their authority? Don't they understand the fact they're no longer in authority? They have no authority whatsoever anymore. It's gone. We the people, while numbering probably by a million to one, we're going to be the ones in authority. And yeah, we, you're, and we and we don't uh, forget we got long memories. You're there. suggesting the sort of fragging phenomenon that uh, you know soldiers might uh, take out an officer who abuses their authority in a, in a uh, battlefield situation. You know, I don't think they even think about it. I, I I honestly wouldn't even think that they would consider that stuff for a second. Yeah, I think you're right on Wait. that. But they need to start thinking at it. The cons- that wait, Mark, that they they don't consider people refusing to obey, or re- that they don't consider a okay. Rising if you're up a cop or- who abuses your authority, um, is what he's saying is, hey, you know, the possibility exists that with the economy that the way it is, that things could collapse entirely. And if they collapse entirely, then nobody's paying your paycheck anymore, and suddenly the people you abused, they're all armed, and they might take care of you. We'll tell you what, Dennis, if you've got more thoughts, welcome. you're welcome to uh, hang on. We'll bring you back here in a moment. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and that is the place where you can enjoy all kinds of neat features, all for free, including our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and you can chat with other listeners all at the same time. All over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's brought to you by Memory Dealers. That's right. The cam's brought to you by the good folks at memorydealers.com. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. Not only do they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers at up to 99% off of list price, but they offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. All their stuff is in stock Ready to ship the overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. 
All right. So back to your calls about what you want. I think Dennis is still with us listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Dennis, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. So yeah, I was going to bring up the subject, too. What about the IRS? Now, we know how mean they can get. But I'm going to say y'all have heard of karma, right? Sure, yeah. What goes around comes around? That's what these people need to start thinking about. The laws of karma will not be denied. I know. I suffered once from it myself. And man, did that ever wake me up, I'm here to tell you. Mm-hmm. So, they, so if this, everything falls apart out here, which still a lot of people keep talking about it, the economy, everything's gone. We've got anarchy from coast to coast. These people out here that think they're bad guys now, real tough, these tough cops, these badge-toting serial killers, a lot of them, the IRS people and all like that, man, they're going to be getting payback big time, and they ain't going to be nobody can call, man. Well, when, they ain't going to even be able to call Ghostbusters, man. You know? <laughs> when, when you say payback, I mean, are you, are you hinting at violence there, or are you talking well, about something yeah, else? Well, yeah, that's what you get when you have anarchy. And all like that, everything falls apart. What are people well, going to do? Well, that's man? the thing with the term anarchy, right? I mean, anarchy has this popular connotation of uh, no control, no limits. Uh, I think that uh, the people who are anarchists would argue on that point. It's one of the reasons why I don't call myself an anarchist. Well, uh, a word is defined by uh, the way it is used and yeah. what people believe that uh, that it means. So I think that it is a, uh, you know, maybe chaos, uh, you know, d- uh, you know, huge civil d- d- um, unrest is a better term. But I think that people consider the term anarchy to, in fact, mean these yeah. things. How many cops are going to uh, to stay on board with the police department when they're not sure when their next paycheck is going to come? Well, through? they're probably not. But I mean, I think what the point he's making is, is, you know, if a cop has been a terrible individual and then he's going to have to live in these same communities right mm-hmm. if everything collapses and i don't know whether it will or or, or not i'm not going to make any kind of predictions like that but if it does, then, you know, hey, you're, if, if, if the only protection you have now is the gun on your hip when you're going about your daily business and you happen to see the guy that, uh, that, that treated you terribly when he had a badge and a gun and, and you know, was able to use the power of law – you know, maybe, and there is no power of law any longer in a situation like this, then maybe you'll just go ahead and take it in your hands to, to make sure he doesn't, uh, you know, use any kind of, uh, uh, you know, abuse any kind of authority in the future. I don't think that that's an unlikely scenario. Right. It's not to say that you're advocating that. It's just to say that that's a possibility in such a scenario. That's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. I just gotcha. want these people to think. Yep. Stop think hurting before people. Before they do things wrong to people, think that they there always can be some form of of a payback. It doesn't have to be, you know, okay, let's gang up and shoot these people or anything like that, but there's always something because, like I say, the law of karma will not be denied. Dennis, thank you for the thoughts tonight. Appreciate the call at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, I see where he's coming from there. I'm glad he wasn't advocating for that violence. He was just saying, hey, you government guys, pay attention. Look at what you're doing to people. Look at how upset they are. And in the event that they have the opportunity, bad things might happen to you. That's, That's all he was saying, right? Yeah, if you know, if the way you solve uh, cri- cri- or solve problems is by uh, throwing your weight around and expecting people to to snap to when uh, you say something just simply because you're a police officer, you know, people don't take that very kindly. And I think yeah. that it was it Super Cop or Super Fuzz where the people were spitting in the guy's uh, hamburger sure. or, or whatever. It was some some 
one of these funny movies where uh, people are, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the the guy, the cop walks up to a counter and uh, orders a hamburger, uh, value bonanza or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy goes through the microphone, hamburger banali- value bonanza, it's for a cop. <laughs> you know, and, then, and then the police officer is like, "Well, why did you tell them that?" or something like that. And the I guy told it was super troopers, super troopers, and and the guy says something like, "Cause, cause we're making it extra good," <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, I mean, these are the little yeah. ways that people do things now, right? Yep, I definitely, uh, definitely understand where you're coming from on that one, and I, I am a believer in what goes around comes around. So, I don't see how you can. Uh, I mean, how, I don't see how you can deny that. It's, it seems like a spiritual law to me. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The consequences may not be immediate for the aggression that uh, these people are engaging. Right. Well, that's in. why the movies always have good winning over evil because it takes good a while. But it, I believe that it generally does happen. Let's continue with your thoughts. Ken is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken. I'm here. Ken, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was talking about the voting situation and, you know, across the country and Chicago and uh, and uh, other people that we have, we've had on GCN tonight. Okay, are you going to make a point? The voting situation? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, okay what ahead. is it? You're on the air. Well, I think that Joyce Riley just said that she thinks that a movie that's going to help... Um, Going to help what? <laughs> well, it's, I'm can, not sure about that. You make me want to put a shotgun in my mouth. Can you, like, make a coherent shotgun point? Thank you for the call. What did he just say there? Was that a naughty word? Did Ken just say something naughty? Because uh, I couldn't tell. Um, I but don't know. A little incoherent, um, not understanding a word he was saying. 800-259-9231, the SACL Some CAI. Some like that, you know what I mean? Yep. All right, so uh, let's continue here. Hey, speaking of taxes, Mark, you had brought up taxes earlier and the, the way they're divvied up. Well, one thing's for sure, the government people never have enough. There's never enough tax yeah. uh, money for them. There's always some new program or some underfunded this or that. They need more money, especially in a time where the economy is having a tough time and it's, it's all the more difficult to squeeze money out of the population. The government folks start looking in more desperate areas uh, in which they can uh, they can bring people uh, you know extract more money from people, and one of those areas that is fairly untapped for the government is the internet. And boy, they would love to figure out how sure to properly would. tax the internet. Right now, though, all the right government- now all those people on the internet are buying and selling and talking and 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 cavorting and and even saying things bad about the government without paying their fair share. Yeah, but they can't really go after little people on the internet too easily because it's just too distributed. There's too much. There's it's too technical, too difficult for them. So they go after the big targets, like as we read uh, read recently, they were going after charities, for instance. Yeah. And- Real nice. Amazon. We'll tell you what they're doing to Amazon here in uh, a little bit or what they're trying to do. But first, want to give you a two-pack of the Totasack. We've talked about the Totasack a lot on this program. It's, uh, it's a neat little device, the uh, one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. Uh, you can pick it up over at totasack.us, buy some for your family members, great stocking stuffers. And right now, if, you're, if you call in now at 603-435-1105, you will win a two-pack of the Totasack. If you're the first caller in, 603-435-1105, you win the Totasack. More coming up with your calls about whatever you want and Amazon being targeted by the state of Texas. 
Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. You bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have there for you completely free. So head over there and uh, you can go to the, uh, the uh, mobile site. If you've got one of the smartphones, go to m.freetalklive.com. You can get a quick access to our streams as well as the podcasts over at m, as in mobile, m.freetalklive.com. And by the way, uh, Free Talk Live, we've got a lot of archives over on our website and they go back to late 2006. That's a lot of archives. So go over there and enjoy those, too. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download, courtesy of HostGator. Yeah, whatever you want to do online, whether it's archive shows or have your own blog or run a e-commerce business website, uh, whatever it is you want to do, HostGator.com can help you do it. Actually, now, you want to go to hostgator.freetalklive.com. I'm going to tell you about that. hostgator.freetalklive.com is a portal that we've created to allow you to get your first month completely free with them. And, uh, you know, they're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Just go over there to hostgator.freetalklive.com. Sign up today. All right. So we're going to continue here with your phone calls about what you want. Mike is on the line in West Virginia listening to WVTS. Hello, Mike. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? I was listening to your program about cops abusing their authority. Yes. And not long ago, well, it was a while ago, I was arrested for not paying for a meal that I didn't touch because the meal didn't come to my table um, the way I asked for it to be prepared. Mm-hmm. The cop came, and I explained the situation to me, and saw he was such of a big, bad, you-know-what cop, without asking my explanation for anything, he just arrested me. Wow. And then when I went to court, and it, go, it trickled down past the cops. It goes right through the justice system. I went to court. The case was thrown out because I was proved to be innocent. And I couldn't even sue the police station because it was a conflict of interest with the lawyers and the cops. Well, it's usually uh, some sort of qualified immunity that the police have. They typically can't be held liable for their actions. Well, that's not right. No, it's no, not right. And that's not. the reason I would say the, the lar- single largest reason that we have so many problems with bureaucrats today, uh, uh, police included, is that they're not responsible for their actions. They have no, th- th- they have a reasonable expectation that they will not be brought to court no matter what it is they do. Um, there's, you know. The, it, and why I, would they want to be? Just about everybody understands that police work by a different set of rules than the average individual does. So well, why would the police is the police? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, the, the, the police you know, will tell you the answer to that it, question. The, the police will claim the answer to that question is, well, internal affairs. But they well, don't. Oh, yeah, I'll but yeah, well, they didn't if, ever get that far, right? And and how many how many days was your uh, was the guy who just uh, believed the restaurateur's story in your case? But when you were found guilty, how many days was that guy suspended? He wasn't. Right. Of course he wasn't. <laughs> because he wasn't at all. You know, internal he affairs. didn't even go to trial. I couldn't even find a lawyer in the town where this happened in Georgia that didn't say it wasn't a conflict of interest. They wanted me to go get a lawyer outside of this town and bring back to that town. Therefore, it wouldn't be a conflict of interest. I'm thinking everybody in the town is working together. Well, it's not a conflict of interest as much as they're just scared crapless. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very difficult to find lawyers who are willing to take on the police because they understand that the police in many ways are very corrupt and dangerous. And uh, why would a lawyer want to mess with that? I mean, they, they, uh, they, they don't want to have consequences befalling their family or their personal life that these corrupt cops could, uh, could heap upon them. So it's very difficult. I knew a, a friend of mine was pulled over in Florida in South, uh, in, uh, I guess, Western Florida, uh, was pulled over by the cops at two in the morning and they harassed him and they brought a dog out and the dog tore the heck out of his car. I mean, literally, they, as they were searching his car, uh, the dog scratched the paint job. The cops tore up the carpet. They just damaged this man's car. And, and he, leave it that way. Yeah, and they left exactly right. They leave it that way, uh, and then it's too bad. You know, we're the cops. You can't do anything to us. He wanted to do something about it, and he approached local lawyers in what is a fairly large area, Sarasota uh, area. is a big, big place. There are 300,000 people that live there. He approached several lawyers, and none of them had any interest in taking his case. Yeah, and it really makes you wonder why. I mean, I don't know how uh, you know, the, the police you know, work or anything like that, but you know, can they tell who you are by... Uh, your license plate? Can they flag somebody's car and pull them over? I've heard stories of from a, a city councilor here in Keene, New Hampshire, who said that he voted against some raise for the cops or something like that, and they targeted him for months, pulling him over every time they saw him. Just to show him what's for. No way. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a guy who, who you know, that's a basically a legislator. I mean, he's a, he's a guy, a town uh, councilor. Well, who do we get to defend our basic human rights? I mean, are they going to be allowed to do whatever they want, whenever they want? There is the no dream the team. There, There is nobody. You can't just get anybody. There's nobody out there that you can turn to for this. The Institute for Justice does a decent job of defending some people in certain circumstances. So I think they do an all right thing. Uh, they're doing a, a decent work, but they can't do it. They can't do it everywhere on a wide scale and the amount of the scale that the police abuse people on a regular basis across the board, across the country. Uh, they they just can't handle that. So there's nobody you can turn to other than yourself. And if you are like I was, as frustrated as I was, and uh, and and are willing to do something about it, if you love freedom, then I recommend the Free State Project. Yeah, to, there's really to, not any easy easy solution. No, to this. there isn't. There isn't just a well. We we if it's all we have to do is uh, institute citizen boards or something like that. That doesn't work because it just doesn't work. Uh, you know, there's nothing that has managed to keep these people under control. And of course, the police themselves are not going to be advocating for any kind of accountability anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, they don't want no, they, they don't no, want accountability. Not at all. So and the politicians don't want to do anything that will offend the police because they want to get the uh, you know they want to get the what is it the endorsement of the local police unions so they can tout that as a big reason why you should vote for them because they all want to act how tough you know act like they're tough yeah, on crime people have stockholm syndrome i mean that's how the police are able to uh, to hire organizations that spam call your house and ask you for money uh, they I did mean, that to me tonight when, when when was the last time the radio talk show hosts union called you <laughs> and said that they give you a sticker for the back of your car if you just give them a little bit of money. I mean, this doesn't happen. I don't know what you do for a living, but the, the pizza delivery guy and the, the telephone linemen, the carpenters union, none of these people do this, only the cops and the firefighters. You know, it's, Exactly. Anything else you want to share tonight, Mike? I just, I, you know, you get frustrated mm. and you don't know where to turn and you think you could turn to the legal system and the legal systems are behind the cops. Yeah, it's built and for them. you're like, you don't know where else 
deter, and it's almost to the point to where you're going to have to keep a pistol on your on your hip because well, that won't solve anything no either. Else. Well, the pistol um, oh. w- might protect you from other uh, people. Yeah, right. uh, you know, p- people doing bad things. What I, what I, I meant, think there might be better solutions. Right. What I meant was the pistol won't solve anything as far as you and the police. That's just going to make things. Yeah, it's worse. just going to make them crazy. Every time yeah. they see a gun, it drives them bananas. But uh, but if you love yeah, only they are allowed to carry anyway. guns. If you love liberty and you understand what it means that uh, in order to be free, that you need to allow others to be free, then I recommend going to Free State Project. Org and getting signed up and then making the move to New Hampshire where we can stand together and refuse to obey these government gangsters and then uh, maybe we'll actually get some change. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Mark is listening to a new affiliate WMTM in Moultrie, Georgia. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark, you got to turn your radio down or whatever it is that you're listening to there. Hey, uh, sorry, I had to turn my radio down. No worries, there was Mark. a very big delay there. Go ahead. What's on your I, mind tonight? Well, uh, actually, your last caller there kind of gave me a few thoughts as well, and I'd like to share them if we have time, but I know y'all are probably pushing a break. We so, do have time sure. for you if you will. But hang this is on. Free Talk Live, and we'll hold you over, That's unlike right. every other show out there. <laughs> so hang on, Mark. We'll bring you back. Uh, 800-259-9231. Yeah, I've got a brand new uh, station. I haven't even officially announced it yet. Cause Welcome been... to the new station. Hello, caller. Goodbye. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> no, we're going to come back to Mark, and we will talk to you about what you want. Even in these remaining moments, there may be enough time for your call. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features on the site there free. So head over there. Enjoy those on us. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Lots of stuff there. And if you want to support the show, if you want to support the fact that we give you the show for free, the website for free, all of that, if you want to pony up a little bit, you're welcome to become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in. You'll get perks uh, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, uh, AMP-only podcast, which is uh, basically our podcast minus the usual podcast commercials that you hear. And more. Get the details and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or alternative options at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. One of the things the amplifiers do is uh, the the amp money goes towards essentially getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations or bringing more internet listeners on board. In fact, sometimes I get the pleasant surprise of hearing from a a new radio station, of getting a new radio station on board that I actually have not spoken to before. It's pretty rare when that happens, but WMTM in Georgia was one of those stations. Just out of the blue, sent me an agreement and said, we're taking your show all six nights a week. So welcome to our listeners in uh, Moultrie, including Mark there in uh, Moultrie. Mark, are you still with us? I am. Yes, you uh, I-, I am still with you, Ian, and, uh, and Mark, and I appreciate you t- holding me over. Sure. The best sense that last gentleman could have is an adequate knowledge of our Constitution, if he will read it. 
he can get a free copy in numerous places and laws against uh, searches and seizures and such are very plain in the Constitution. Also, uh, if he bothers to look in the state code, I heard he was in Georgia. Well, if you look in the OCGA, that's very plain. They have to have probable cause, and they have to tell you what that probable cause is before they can even ask to search, and you're always welcome to refuse them. That's they a good just, point. They, they normally are not used to people who know the law. And that's your best defense. I agree with now, that. And that, that, but although, don't believe for a moment that any of that is going to stop them from doing uh, the wrong thing or breaking their constitution no, or it, ignoring it, it completely. It may, it may, it may, and it may not. You know, nine times out of the ten, a person, uh, nine times out of ten, a person who knows what he's talking about can diffuse things pretty rapidly if yeah. he makes himself clear. I, I agree now, that the uh, second, there's there's a the there's second, a certain amount of time that uh, that that you'll be able to say something that uh, gives a cop the indication, hey, I know what the Fourth Amendment says, and that'll they'll kind of back off. There's others that. You know, they know that, uh, that they're not really going to get in any trouble, so they just go ahead and push forward and let the consequences be damned. Go ahead. Well, that's a good suggestion. Uh, I, um, and in terms of voting this week uh, coming up, uh, I've discovered uh, that a lot of people, I've, I've heard a lot of people who are just, you know, not interested in participating. And I can only say a couple of things. Uh, if you don't participate, what you get is what you deserve. Another thing, if you don't participate, you let someone else make a choice that could have been made by you. Uh, a lot of people don't want to have to bother with it for some reason, any worse than having, any more than having to go or, and just vote a straight Republican or a straight Democrat ticket or vote all independent. And this year, you know, um, there is I think it was in. Uh, wait, wait, wait well, before you go. Before you go on, I think it was in actually Georgia that I saw this, but I just recently saw an article. I think it was today, where um, they were you know testing some Diebold machines and they were flipping the Republican and the Democrat party line because this machine would allow you to just vote all Republican or all Democrat, and you could you know click one one uh, box and be out and on right. your way. Well, it was, and it was actually flipping. It first, them. And they discovered it first in in uh, Arizona because. Everybody that was voting was voting for uh, Sharon Angle, and it kept coming up Reed. And once it happened for like five minutes straight, then the voting people called a halt to everything and started having the investigation run. But and Debold <laughs> wow. is looking into it, and yeah, but you got to stop and think. Debold is all union people, and uh, you know you got to wonder. But you can't lose faith in trying to make a difference. You can't lose faith in the voting system yet. Otherwise, you have absolute anarchy. So my suggestion for wait those who minute, don't want to take... Hold on, hold on a my, my, Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Can right. I finish, please? Okay, please? go ahead. I've, I've been on hold for quite a while, and I've really got to go. But the, my main suggestion is, if, if you're a person who's not really motivated to get out there and vote, but maybe could be convinced to, if you want an easy formula to follow, vote against the incumbents who've been there and not done the job. Vote for the conservatives whether they're Republicans or independents, uh, whether they're backed by Tea Party or whatever, but vote for conservatives. I can't vote for any okay. of those folks. I mean, and, I can't vote for a conservative and, or a liberal. I mean, they're, they're all people that want to control my life. I, I, can't, I can't bring myself to vote for somebody that wants to control me. Well, just because you were not here 
at the founding of our country. And just because you haven't had a say necessarily, you're perhaps too young to have had a big say in the political system that we have now. There's no reason to just lay down and let it roll over. It's not over. laying down. It's not roll, letting it oh, roll no. over. Me. We're not saying uh, we're not going to vote. Mark, I'm going to uh, vote. Yeah, got Go run off and hide somewhere. Well, no, 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 Mark, Mark. We're not. No, yeah. You're suggesting voting for the conservative, and that's what Ian's responding to. I never finished. I never finished my voting. I was saying Your that if you have a Go choice, uh, if you have a choice between, uh, say this, say you have, uh, let's choose a Republican incumbent, and he has not been responsive to any of his constituency. Okay, he's an incumbent, but he is a conservative, and you have a Democrat who is a liberal. Okay, and your choice is between those two. What do you do? Stay home. You don't yeah. vote for either one of them, right? It's, I usually vote for the the libertarian to send a message. Right. Well, we don't always have a third choice. Yeah. Right. So I'll I'll right? stay home if you it's know? a choice between Thug A oh. and Thug B. I will not choose a thug. I'm not don't interested. Don't choose in a thug in that race only, though. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't trash the rest of the voting system or the people that. The people who need to try, the people who want to try to make a change, need the help of everyone to get in there because the people who want to continue to have power over us have already got their boots on the ground. Mark, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, I, I, I appreciate where Color Mark's coming from. Uninterested. I think it's really difficult to be an informed voter. Now, he had to go, and I didn't want to uh, you know, keep on badgering him with, uh, with, with points, but I think it's really, 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 really difficult to be an informed voter. I'm probably more inform- informed than your average voter, and I realize when I look at candidates how little I know about them. I may know one or two good or bad facts about a particular candidate, and that makes me want to vote for or against them. But what do I really know about their uh, the person against whom they're running? Uh, you know, it's it's Not a really much. it's really 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 tough to be able to make a you know a a, a good choice when I, I kind of agree with the voting against incumbents thing. Um, you know, I mean, I that might be an easy way to look at it, but. It's it's certainly not foolproof. Maybe if you know enough about the other person to think they would be an improvement over the incumbent, maybe. Well, I think that there's something to be said for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing in Washington, being a little, you know, their heads swimming for the first you know, X number of months or whatever while they get their feet underneath them. And I think that's the kind of the part of the hope of voting for the, the new guy rather than the Yeah, but I wouldn't want to cast a vote for Stalin or something like that if, right. they were, you know, if they were the ones that were running just because they weren't the in- incumbent. Uh, right? He's just trying to put down a general rules of thumb. I understand what he's saying. But I would and like it, to it point was... out that voting for the conservative doesn't work. Take a look at the list of free estates in America and you'll find out that the Republicans' ones, while they might be a little higher than the Democrat ones, they aren't that high. Um, when you talk about taxes, as Republicans, yeah, Republicans love taxes. They just have more arduous rules on how you're allowed to live. Take a look at the Mercatus Center and their uh, their study on the freest states in the United States, and you will not find places like Utah, Texas, Georgia, all these red states. You won't find them. Let's continue with your calls. Mar- uh, Mike is in South Carolina. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Mike. What's on your mind? Well, I've got a response to that last guy that just called. Um, I'm afraid from, for motivated uh, voters to vote. And the reason why I am is, um, is that, you know, it, it, it astounds me. If you listen to how uh, the, the polls that are done, 
the average American, the vast majority of Americans, do not trust um, our government. They don't trust their politicians. Mm-hmm. Okay? The vast majority hate negative ads. And yet the polls show that the negative ads work. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, the polls. That people actually believe. The negative ads from the politicians that they don't trust. Yeah, yeah and, crazy. And, the ones going to vote. and those same people will vote in the incumbents over and over again uh, in the government that they don't trust. It's, yeah, it's amazing. All, it's all madness. I wish we had more time for you, dude. Thanks for the call tonight. You're welcome to call back tomorrow and uh, dig in a little deeper. We're back tomorrow night and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com.